Thank you for tuning in to Can You Talk Mental Health. Today we have our very special featured guest, Miss Tion Rhodes. Tion Rhodes is the author behind Ella's Big Match. She is an English language arts teacher, coach, mentor, and painter. Her passion for teaching all started in 2010 when she met Dr. Gregory Rhodes. His guidance sparked an interest in her that led her to her teaching career. Ella's Big Match was inspired by one of her students' determination to break through gender barriers in a male-dominated sport. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tian. Thank you for having me. It's such a great feeling to be afforded the opportunity to discuss mental health for teachers because it's such a sensitive topic that needs to be discussed. Absolutely. So today, guys, we will be discussing educators' mental health in America. And so for myself today and viewers, Ms. Tian, I'm curious, what does being an educator mean to you? Well, being an educator means being the teacher that my kids will have one day. And it means providing knowledge and opportunities for students that could, you know, possibly change their lives in ways we can't even imagine. And I would say that my most important responsibility is to build meaningful educational experiences that allow students to solve real world problems. And that is what being an educator means to me. That is truly incredible. And I'm sure that your students can feel joy in knowing that they have someone that is so catered to the responsibility of their education. And so our viewers can understand you a little bit more. Why did you become an educator? Well, I wanted to become an educator ever since I was in the eighth grade. My Jobs for Georgia coordinator actually had us create a career path. And at the time, I was so confused. I honestly did not know what I wanted to be. But I wanted to be the person that Dr. Gregory Rhodes was for me. He provided me with so many opportunities that I was not aware of. And so I chose this profession to go in to not only teach ELA, but to teach my students the importance of knowing real world skills and basically just you know moving forward and coming from Tolliver County I know the importance of good teachers and mentors and like I briefly mentioned about Dr. Gregory Rhodes you know those people are great leaders they are all teachers should be they are honorable compassionate and I just want to make a difference in the lives of others you know all teachers do that they take young active minds and they teach them to think and uh, process the information and use it to shape their futures. That's awesome. And I can understand how you appreciate Dr. Gregory Rose. And so has his teaching styles been influential? It was very influential because, you know, he helped students believe that there weren't any limits to where they can go and what they can be. And Dr. Seuss once said, you know, all oh, the places you'll go. And that's a quote that really stuck with me. But, you know, Dr. Gregory Rhodes, you know, he believed in all of his students. And he was that one person in my life that molds and shape and who inspired me and encouraged me all at the same time. Shout out to Dr. Gregory Rhodes. And so, Tion, do you believe that every student has and remembers their favorite teacher? I do believe students remember their favorite teacher because Dr. Gregory Rhodes wasn't just my favorite teacher, but he probably has over like hundreds of students that remembers him. And I will always remember my favorite teacher. And I hope one day my students can look back and be like, hey, Miss Rhodes is my favorite teacher. <laughs> Girl, I'm sure your students already say that now. Continue to touch and mold young minds and educate and mentor them. And I'm sure you will continue to be. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just, you know, the way the world is set up today, we have to have good teachers. We have to have those people in these students' lives because you never know what students are facing at home or what type of adversity is in their life. And it's just really meaningful to have great teachers today for our students and for our youth. 
And especially with the fact that you are so aware and responsible of those sensitivities of your students. So that is incredible. And I know that you spoke briefly about how whenever your students are coming into your classroom, that you have to be so cognizant of their mental health. And so has there been any challenges on your mental health since becoming an educator? Well, at first going in teaching, um, I was kind of blindsided. I wasn't sure. I wanted to go in and make an impact, but I wasn't aware of the um, political side of education. So it was a lot of lesson plans, a lot of documentation, a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware of. And I would say that was my biggest challenge. But after, you know, that first month or two of school during the pandemic, I was able to grasp being a great teacher and grasp the necessary tools to uh, provide for my students. So I would say that was my biggest challenge, just being introduced to the political side of being an educator. And I know with undergrad, it kind of only teaches us the background knowledge, but no application. Yeah, I wasn't given that experience and my undergrad was in English. So I had no, you know, no um, idea about really being a teacher. I knew what I wanted to do and why I wanted to be a teacher and what my purpose was, but my undergrad did not prepare me for um, the actual, you know, learning part and learning the content and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to overcome that hurdle. And since we are discussing mental health as it relates to educators in America, do you feel as though your mental health is supported? Um, at the school I work with, I have a very supportive staff. Um, my principal is amazing. My assistant principals, our dean of students, they have been really impactful on my life. And, you know, they've been a huge support system. And they're always, you know, giving recognition to teachers, providing that, you know, encouragement and, you know, teachers you know we want to feel supported in the work that we do because we do a lot we do more than teacher like we're nurses we're doctors we're counselors all in one and to you know just answer your question again absolutely I do feel like my mental health is supported being an educator in America. Well, Tian, I'm so glad to hear that it sounds like you have the full autonomy within your support system at the school and that they're just there to support you if you need them. And when you say the word autonomy, I do feel like I do have the full autonomy in my classroom because I go to work, I do what I'm supposed to do, and I don't have to worry about my administration, like micromanaging me. Well, Tian, as happy as I am to hear that you don't have to worry about not having a support system within your school, for any educator who may be listening who may not have that same support system within their school, what is one piece of advice that you would offer to them? Well, for one, you have to prioritize, you have to know your limits, and you have to be a go-getter. Teaching is not for the weak at all. And I would say to anyone out there um, aspiring to be a teacher, or if you're currently a teacher facing adversity or any obstacles, you just really have to be strong-minded and you have to you know, prioritize and do what you have to do to give your students the best educational experience possible. Just don't go to work and you know, just be there, You know, make a difference, put in the work, be that teacher that you want your, your child to have in the classroom. And so it sounds like what you're explaining to us is that being an educator is all about being present. Absolutely. Being present in a child's life, because like I said before, you never know what these kids are going through at home. And one teacher can like change a student's life, because like I said, growing up, I had a, a great mom, but she didn't go to college. She didn't have that, you know, educational experience or the knowledge to give me and to help me. And without my mentor and without my coordinator in middle school, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to do with my life. Well, thank you so much for speaking on how important role models are in a child's life and how they can truly mold you into becoming the best that you possibly can be. And since that was such great advice, I just want to get into some tea. 
What is the worst piece of advice that you've been given as an educator? I remember during one of my planning meetings, my collaborative plannings with um, a group of teachers, um, one of the PEC teachers talked about how the students at our school were not capable of learning. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was advice, but I wasn't going to, you know, take that energy in because I'm just like, hmm, why, why would you even say that? Because all kids are capable of learning, even if they are in sixth grade or seventh grade on a second or third grade reading level, which, you know, that's evident in Georgia and in the United States. Like students are not where they need to be academically, especially after facing the pandemic. That was, you know, a, a tragedy for everyone. So students fell behind and Honestly, students are easier to pull up if they are behind. Like those are, you can give them so much knowledge and really, you know, feed the intellect inside of them. Right. And instead of marginalizing a child, just flourishing what's inside of them. Exactly. And when you instill that motivation, that intrinsic motivation in those students and they know you care, they're going to put the work in for you. So each and every day in my classroom, I have 100% of my students working every single day. Girl, I already know that you do because you're so concerned with your students and them becoming the best that they possibly can be. Exactly. They know I care. They see that I love them and they're putting the work in. And I bet that can give students a sense of appreciation knowing that they have someone that they can make proud. Exactly because I always say this students will do work for those who they want to do work for. They're going to put the work in for people they care about and once that you like set the tone and you let them know that you are genuinely concerned about their future it's an eye opener for them and they relate to you. They want to be successful. They want to grow up one day and be those doctors, those NFL players, the dentist or nurse, whatever the case may be. They want want to become successful, especially when they see that you have success. And Tian, I'm so glad that you didn't allow someone's opinion to affect you and that you stayed true to who you are. Exactly. And I never like went back to that and thought like, oh, that was true. Because my first year teaching, I taught sixth grade and I had babies come to me from elementary on second and third grade level in August. And by the time we got around in May, those babies were reading on sixth grade level. Those babies were able to pass a district assessment or a milestone, a state milestone. And it was evident that students are able to learn and they're capable of doing anything they set their minds to. I know that's right. And since we just discussed the worst piece of advice you've ever received, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, I can't remember word from word, but I did um, encounter some type of, you know, a negative experience being a teacher. And I reached out to my mentor, Dr. William Smith, and she just let me know that through Throughout my experience and being as great as I am, I'm going to continue running into people who may not be as um, supportive as they should be. And, you know, some people will hate on you. They're going to hate on your success. They're, they're going to do anything they can to try to bring you down. But her best piece of advice to me was to keep going and to never let those types of people affect me in any type of way. Period. So shout out to Dr. William Smith. <laughs> That advice can go a long way because no matter what you're doing, you cannot please everyone. Exactly. And continue doing what you're doing and keeping those outsiders out of your range. Like you keep a circle, keep those people with those negative mindsets out of your circle and don't give them the opportunity to, you know, interfere or enter that circle at all. Yeah, guys, if it's something that you're passionate about and you just see it within yourself, just put yourself in a position to grow because no matter what, there may be people who always doubt you. Like your entire life, people will doubt you. They're going to try to interfere with your life and bring you down. And actually, you know, that's, it's really important that you mention that 
for viewers to hear that. All right, now, Miss Rhodes, you have gassed yourself a lot today <laughs> here on the podcast. And so I'm curious, you know, if your viewers that are listening might be one of Miss Rhodes' students if she's on point with this next question. What is one word that your students would use to describe you? Oh, oh. <laughs> No, I'm joking, but one word that my students probably would describe me as as just like a motherly figure in their lives, nurturing, protective, Um, because when I say I do not play about my kids in my classroom with my students, I do not play about my students. Even my students from last year, the year before that, I really don't play about them. So you guys fact checker, y'all are listening (laughs) when y'all go to class. They're going to be like, no, she's crazy. No, we're sure you're great. (laughs) Well, Tian, I know that we discussed a little bit about you as an educator and your career. And so what's one thing you plan to accomplish during your career as an educator? Well, one thing I plan on accomplishing um, in my career as an educator, um, I plan to be teacher of the year next year because um, I had a, a couple of setbacks because I'm not certified and I will be certified in three weeks on May the 5th of my graduation. And I am top 10% of my class. So I had to, I had to just is. throw that out there because I've never been top 10% of my class. But moving forward, you know, I just want to continue to become the best educator that I can be. Um, once I do get certified, I plan to teach for probably another year or two. Well, keep on shining your light and doing all the great things that you're already doing. And you sound like an educator that any parent would be lucky to have. I'm really... um like in the parents' lives as well. I make sure I communicate with them. I make sure that they know where their students are academically. And a lot of times we were told not to give parents our personal numbers. We were told to use like Google numbers or whatever. But me, what's effective is, you know, I don't mind if parents have my number because like I said, all of the parents, they love me, they appreciate me. And they know any time of the day, they can all call and reach out to me with um, any support that they need as parents too. And so, you guys, Miss Tian Rhodes, as you know, when I first introduced her, she is not only just an educator and all of these great things and a mentor and just shining her light all over the place, she is also a published author. So, congratulations to Miss Tian Rhodes on her first published book, Ella's Big Match. Thank you. You're welcome. Congratulations. Um, You're doing such great things. And so I want our viewers to know what inspired you to publish your first book and to write your first book, Ella's Big Match. Well, a lot of things inspired me, but personally, Ella's Big Match is based on um, a true story. It is about one of my students from last year who uh, really, you know, is out here breaking gender barriers. She is a young female athlete who participates in, you know, not just the norm for girls like basketball or softball, but she is very engaged in like football. She loves football. She loves wrestling. And Ella's Big Match is about her competing against a boy and conquering her match for wrestling. And I would say, you know, Ella, her coming into my life really, you know, gave me the motivation to write that story about her because I had the idea to write a book in 2018 and it's 2023 now. And I'm, you know, I'm just now making it happen, but you know, I couldn't be impatient. I had to not rush the process and I'm glad I did wait because I feel as if now my book is, you know, it's doing great. And I have a lot of supporters here to help me through this journey. So, Author Rhodes, is there anything viewers should expect in Ella's Big Match? 
It's basically about her passion for wrestling and her determination to break through those gender barriers because Ella doesn't, you know, she doesn't look like the typical girl. She doesn't, you know, want to wear, you know, girly stuff. She's a tomboy and, you know, I praise her and I'm proud of her for, you know, being who she is and not letting anyone um, try to stop her or change her because despite facing obstacles and negative comments from those around her, Ella never wavers in her pursuit of her dream. You know, she has the support of her family and friends. She works tirelessly to perfect her skills and prove that girls can do anything boys can do. And as she prepares for the biggest match of her life in the book, you know, she learns the importance of confidence, compassion, and perseverance. So I would say, you know, this inspiring tale is a must read for young athletes, especially girls and anyone who has ever dared to pursue their dreams. You know, it just teaches girls that you can do anything you put your mind to at the end of the day. Absolutely. And so that's so awesome. Shout out to Ella. Keep on doing your thing, girl. Keep on breaking barriers and being brave and courageous and just showing everyone that you can be anything you put your mind to, especially for our young girls. You can do anything you want to do. And so thank you for sharing that with us today, Miss Tian Rhodes. Thank you. And so what can viewers expect from you next as a now an educator and an author? Well, as an educator, um, as I mentioned before, I just want to work on becoming the best educator that I can be and just put myself out there continuing to mold and shape lives. And as an author, I plan on writing more books that can be a, a go-to for students, like a safe space and something they can read that they can relate to and enjoy at the same time because a lot of our books are just so outdated and boring like in Ella's big match if you flip through those pictures they're holding up iPads and you know modern day stuff not old stuff and those are the type of things that get students reading it gets them engaged so yeah that's what everyone should expect out of me as an author and a teacher well you already know that you have my full support and the full support of can you talk mental health and I'm so honored for you to come onto the platform and to raise awareness together so Tian, I know that we discussed a whole lot today. And so is there anything that you want to leave with viewers? Well, I would say just any teacher out there that's suffering mental health to, you know, reach out to those veteran teachers. Because like I said, I have veteran teachers that I went to for support and not only veteran teachers, but to those teachers that been in teaching maybe a year to six years because they know what they're doing. And just to give an example for that, you have um, Mr. Brandon Gertie, Mr. Marcus Bridges, and all of those other male educators and female educators like Asia Freeman and uh, Larnita Washington, all of those teachers, you know, those type of teachers are the type of teachers you want to go to for help and support because they know what they're doing. They're district tier one strong teachers and they're here like to support you in your journey. So just reach out to teachers that you know are successful and reach out to those teachers that you know that are genuinely teachers for the kids. That are captivated like you are. Exactly. Well, Tian, I do want to give a shout out to some young men in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Shout out to Rich Gen Z. Rich Gen Z is a nonprofit with a mission to empower and develop youth leadership to create a better future for young people. Rich Gen Z offers various programs for the youth from mentorship, financial literacy, sports programs, health and fitness, mental health, life coaching, community outreach, and global outreach. And I want to give a shout out specifically to the founders, Malik Mikhail and Melissa Richard. Keep on showing up and showing out. And I'm honored to be able to shine light on our future leaders.
Shout out to them. And keep on doing your thing. Keep on raising awareness. And, you know, Gen Z, y'all can do anything. Thank you so much for joining us today, Miss Tion. Thank you so much for having me. And again, being afforded this opportunity to be able to shine light on mental health awareness, you know, that's extremely important, especially knowing the suicide rate today. And just thank you for, you know, putting the work in to make all of this happen. Knowing you from my freshman year in college and seeing you grow to become the woman you are today, you know, it's just like, it gives me shivers to know, you know, you're really out here making your dreams come true, Ashley. So you like, like I said, just thank you so much for putting in work for our youth and not only just our youth, but everybody in society, because we need more people like you in this world to do what you're doing. Y'all, Tion about to make me cry. (laughs) No, seriously, Tion. It is my pleasure. I believe that the world and our youth deserve a platform where people are just sharing their truth. And so I just want to thank Can You Talk Mental Health viewers again for sitting with me and Miss Tion Rhodes. And as always, I hope you guys find clarity in knowing that you are not alone in your unseen battles. Thank you so much for tuning in to Can You Talk Mental Health. Can I talk to you soon? (laughs) 